0: Happy Easter, everyone. Just a couple more quick announcements before we begin today. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you to every one of you that came out and volunteered at our egg hunt last weekend. It was a wonderful day. If I had to guess, I would say we had a couple hundred people stand to receive Christ as their Savior. And that event would not have been possible without people like you pulling together to serve our community so many of you in this church you serve so faithfully you serve on wednesday nights you serve on the weekends you you serve in our food pantry in our kitchen cooking meals in our clothing closet throughout the week i mean you name it you are here serving you know we as a church are truly making a difference here in our community we even had a news station come out last weekend to cover the event and we never even we never even told them usually at our other events our um our backpack giveaway and our toy giveaway we usually contact the news stations because that's kind of a unique event but for this event you know there's other egg hunts going on we didn't even contact them and they came out and they covered us anyway so the word is starting to spread I, I said almost five years ago when we arrived in Green Bay can you believe we've almost been here five years already um, that I didn't want to be just another ordinary church taking up real estate on a corner lot. Um, I, I said I wanted to be a church that gets our hands dirty and helps to solve the greatest problems our city is facing. I said I wanted to be a church that makes a great positive impact on our city, such a great impact that if our, our church would ever shut its doors that the, the city would feel it. And that's what we have become, and it's because of you and your serving so faithfully. To those of you that give so faithfully, to those of you that pray so faithfully, I want you to know that you are making a difference in our city. Can we hear it up for our volunteers today? Thank you so much. You guys are truly amazing. You are the heroes. Uh, speaking of the egg hunt, if you were here last week and you received a golden ticket in one of your eggs, the Easter baskets uh, that you can redeem are going to be in our kids department. Uh, so you can pick that up right after service. If your kids already went there, then they will get that. They will get that when they uh, when they leave. But just go out here past the kiosks into the uh, kids wing. Just follow the signs that say to the chapel elementary, and they'll they'll all be in there, and they'll be able to help you out at the end of service. Alright, let's get started. On Easter one year, there's a father who's living in California, and he calls his son in New York, and he says, I hate to ruin your day, son, but I have to tell you something. He said, your mother and I are getting a divorce. It's been 45 years of misery, and he goes, I just want to tell you I've had enough. The kid, there's a pause on the line for just a moment, and the, and the, young, and the young man says, Dad, please tell me you're kidding. The father replied that's it's true he said we just can't stand the sight of each other anymore and quite frankly I'm not going to let you or your sister talk me out of it. So if you could call your sister and let her know that would be wonderful. The father hangs up the phone and the son immediately gets on the phone with the sister who lives in Chicago. Well as you can imagine when the sister hears the news the sister goes ballistic. Over my dead body are they getting a divorce she says. Don't worry I'll take care of this. I'm going to call dad right away. So they hang up the phone. She calls her dad. Dad picks up the phone. First thing she says is, Dad, you are not getting a divorce. Don't you dare do anything until I get there. I'm going to call my brother back. We're going to be on the first flight out, and we're going to be there as soon as possible. Until we get there, don't do a thing. Do you understand me? And she hangs up the phone. The father gets off the phone. He puts the phone down. He smiles and looks at his wife and says, great news, honey, the kids are coming for Easter and they're paying their own way. (laughs) Hey, there you go. You know, if you have, uh, that's some wisdom to the older parents here in this room today. Just don't tell them the pastor told you to do it. (laughs) Amen. You leave my name out of it. Uh, Also, just as a reminder to those of you that attend our Sunday night groups, we're not having uh, our Sunday night group tonight just because of Easter, and so we'll start those back up next week. Okay, if you have your Bible or Bible app, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 27 and verse number one. Matthew chapter 27 and verse one. You can also follow along up on the screens if you you would prefer to do that. The prop up here is a bit unusual, but it's going to make a little sense here in a moment. Uh, if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, just so you know, we do have those available for you out at the Hub. Just stop by their after service. Don't do it now. Stop by their after service. We have them in English and Spanish. So if you need a Bible, just stop by the Hub. Tell them you need a Bible. We'd be more than happy to give you one. They're free. Um, I believe that God has given me a life-changing truth here this morning that I believe, I truly believe will impact everybody of, every one of you sitting in this room and those of you watching online as well. Because this I know, every one of us in this room we have something in our life that we're ashamed of there is something in our past every one of us that we would not like to see on the front page of tomorrow's newspaper we're ashamed of it we're ashamed of the dirt that we have hidden in our lives and it's because of this shame a lot of times it makes us feel like we're not good enough As a matter of fact, I believe we have several people in here today that have not been in the house of God for a very long time for this very reason. It's because you don't feel like you're good enough. You feel like you have done too many things wrong and you are beyond the point of forgiveness of God. Well, if that's you, I want you to listen to me very carefully today because I believe I have a word from God for you today that will change your life. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 1 says, Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders of the people met again to lay plans for putting Jesus to death. They bound him, they led him away, and they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor, When Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver that he was paid back to the leading priests and to the elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted. That's your problem. Verse 5, then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple, and he went out and he hanged himself. I'm calling this message this morning The Tale of Two Trees. Father, for the next few moments, I ask that you would give me the mind of Christ as I present this great truth from your word that I really believe is going to change and transform people in this place today. God, if you don't anoint me, these words will fall flat. They will be void. But God, if you would anoint these words, they will go forward with power. And they will change and transform people. So, Father, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Shame is defined as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Shame makes us feel inadequate and it causes us to believe negative things about ourselves. Personal insecurities, secrets that we have, mistakes that we have made, and perceived flaws, how we view ourselves, can can trigger these feelings of shame. And shame is such a powerful force that it can even cause us to move into a dark place where we even consider ending our own life. Take, for example, the story we just read of Judas this man was one of the twelve disciples of Jesus who lived with and followed Jesus for three years. He witnessed Jesus' ministry. He witnessed His teachings and His miracles. We see in John chapter 12 and verse 6 that He was the treasurer for all of the other disciples. So He handled all of their money. But, so this was His trusted position that was given to Him by Jesus But he used that position to steal from the other disciples. So we can see that money is extremely important to him. It was his vice. Greed controlled him. So because of this, the chief priests offer 30 pieces of silver, 30 silver coins for him to betray Jesus, and he agrees He decides to sell out his close friend for 30 silver coins and he does it without even batting an eye. After Judas betrays Jesus, Jesus is arrested. He's sentenced to die by crucifixion. Now watch what happens. Judas just made a huge mistake. Because of his mistake, because of his choice, we see in verse 3 that he is immediately filled with remorse. This remorse leads him to realize that what he did was wrong, so he attempts to make it right. He made a mistake, he wants to fix it. So he returns to the priests and to the elders, and he says, I have sinned, I have betrayed an innocent man. They respond to him by saying, Who cares? It's your problem now. We got what we want. Once Judas realizes he cannot fix the damage that he has caused, his remorse turns into shame, and because of shame, he now feels like he has crossed a path of no return. He could not forgive himself for what he has done. Let me ask, is there something in your life that you are having trouble forgiving yourself for? Maybe you've done something in the past that you have hurt somebody. You've mistreated them. You've hurt them deeply. They have forgiven you, but you just can't seem to get past it. You can't seem to forgive yourself. Why is that? Shame. So Judas, now filled with shame, he finds a tree. He ties a noose from the branches and he ends his life. Judas lost the internal battle of shame shame is such a powerful emotion it'll cause us to feel like we are not worthy we're not worthy of God's love shame will tell us we're not worthy of God's acceptance we're not worthy of his promises or his plans shame will make us feel like we are now damaged beyond repair you know it's interesting if you go back and look at the story of when God created the world in the book of Genesis this is interesting this is what we read in chapter 2 and verse 25 it says now the man and his wife were both naked but they felt no shame isn't that interesting Of everything God could have told us here about creation he specifically tells us that when he created Adam and Eve shame was not present there was no shame in this place of paradise but watch what happens Adam and Eve make a mistake they chose this was their decision to eat the fruit they were not supposed to eat look at what happens right after immediately after they eat the, eat the fruit and make the decision to sin. Watch this. Chapter 3 and verse 6. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it could give her. So she took some of it and ate uh, some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it too. Verse 7. At that moment. At that moment instantly their eyes were opened. And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves when the cool evening breezes were blowing the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden so they hid from the Lord God among the trees then the Lord God called to the man and said where are you do you see what shame causes us to do Once shame enters the picture, the first thing that Adam and Eve try to do is cover and hide. This has always been mankind's solution to dealing with shame. Cover and hide. Look at the example of Judas, which we read just a moment ago. Judas tries to cover his shame by giving the silver back. When it did not work, he realized this was not going to work. What's he do? He turns to hiding, and his method of hiding was permanent. He killed himself. When Adam and Eve fell, shame entered into the picture, and it's something that you and I still struggle with today. And notice, it was an immediate result of the fall. One day they're naked with no shame. The next day they are hiding from God, trying to cover themselves with fig leaves we still do this today we make a mistake and we try to cover it up we try to hide but this doesn't work and so we will usually carry it for years some of you here in here this morning you've been carrying shame for something you did 20 years ago how could anybody ever forgive me for what I've done And you've tried to cover it. You've tried to hide. You've even distanced yourself from people. And you've distanced yourself from the house of God. But I want you to realize something. It's not worked. Because the shame is still there. Here's the thing about shame. There's only one way to truly cover it. The only thing that will cover shame is blood. When Adam and Eve fell, look at what God did to cover their shame. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made matching clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. God made Adam and Eve clothing from animal skins, which means the animals had to die. Blood was spilt. How did Judas cover his in his shame? Blood. He killed himself. Judas covered his shame with his blood. Cover and hide. About the same time that Judas is tying this noose into the tree, another one of Jesus' disciples falls into sin. We see this story in Matthew chapter 26 right before the story of Judas. Let's read Matthew chapter 26 starting at verse 69. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, Peter, that's the name of this disciple, was outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over to him and said, You are one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and they said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore a curse on me if I'm lying. What a choice of words because that's exactly what he's doing. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And watch this. He went away weeping bitterly. Here's the story of the disciple Peter. Of the 12 disciples that Jesus had, there were three of them that were extremely close to him. Peter was one of those three. Peter saw firsthand the blind receive sight. He saw the deaf hear. He saw the lame walk. He saw Jesus transfigured on the mountaintop. He saw the dead raised to life. He saw with his own eyes the great miracles that Jesus performed. He walked with him. He listened to him teach. Peter was a great man of faith. He believed God for the impossible. As a matter of fact, we read a story in Matthew chapter 14 where Jesus is walking on the water. Peter, the other disciples, they're in a boat. They see Jesus on the water. They're terrified at first. They thought he was a ghost. Jesus tells them not to fear. Peter speaks up of all of the disciples in the boat. Peter's the one that speaks up and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Jesus says, come on, Peter. So Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on the water towards Jesus until he was distracted by stuff. It's a great story. So he was a man of faith. He had faith to believe for the impossible. A spiritual giant, if you will. But after Jesus was betrayed by Judas and was arrested... He's taken before the high priest and he's sentenced to die for his claim to be the Christ, the son of the living God. And as that that is happening, we talked about this Friday night, the crowd begins to spit on him and beat him and punch him, the word of God says. As this is happening and as Jesus is being beaten, they can hear the crowd of the people scourging him. Peter is out in the courtyard he can hear this, this noise going on and he knows the Savior's being, being beaten and he does nothing to defend the one he promised to defend. He does nothing to help the one that he promised his allegiance to. Instead of, instead of defending Jesus and running to his aid, he denies that he even knows him. After realizing the mistake he made, the Bible tells us he went away weeping bitterly. He felt shame for his actions. When news broke that Jesus rose from the dead, we see in Luke chapter 24 and verse 21 that Peter is the one that immediately gets up and he runs to the tomb to see for himself. When he arrives at the tomb, he sees the tomb is indeed empty and the piece of linen that is wrapped nicely laying inside of the tomb, but Jesus is not there. We then read that Jesus appears to the disciples as a group on a few different occasions. But not much is mentioned specifically about Peter. Peter is a bit of a mystery after he sees the tomb empty. But Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what was also passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scriptures have said. Verse 5 He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of them who are still alive when he wrote this, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the other apostles. Paul says that Peter seen Jesus after he was resurrected, then he was seen by the disciples, then after that more than 500 people. So more than 500 eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we know that Peter clearly seen Jesus after he was resurrected, but that's all we know. We see no conversation between Jesus and the Peter and Peter in the Gospels until a little later. Luke chapter 24 and verse 34 clearly states that Jesus appeared to Peter, but no other details are given. Now here's what's interesting. You would think that this man who said he would die to defend Jesus, seeing Jesus in his resurrected state, would bow down and worship him and then refuse to leave his side. But we don't see that. If that happened, we don't read about it. All we know, all we are told is that Peter simply seen Jesus. And it makes me wonder what that moment would have been like for Peter when he seen Jesus for the first time after being resurrected. Well, what's it like for you and I when we come into the presence of someone that we've hurt badly? Maybe someone you have betrayed. Shame. We don't want to face them. Remember what's our solution to dealing with shame? Cover and hide. If I had to guess, take it for what it's worth, there's nothing in Scripture that backs this up because Scripture is silent here, but if I had to guess, just knowing human nature, when Peter sees Jesus, he does his best to avoid him. He doesn't want to face the music. He feels shame. The shame he feels is too great. He can't face the one he has betrayed. But despite his failure, despite his shame, you're going to see that Jesus pursues him. And I want you to know this morning, despite your failure, despite the shame that you feel, God is pursuing you. Watch this John chapter 21 and verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Well, we'll come too, they all said. So they went out in a boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. This was after his resurrection. But the disciples couldn't see who he was. So he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied, Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. You know who that is, don't you? It's Jesus. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water, and he headed for shore. Here we see again that Peter is in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is on the shoreline, and he finds Peter out hiding on the boat. One of the disciples say, Look, it's Jesus. And at that moment, Peter has to make a decision. Do I go towards Jesus and face my failure and shame head on? or do I keep running we see jumps out of the boat he swims towards the shore verse 8 now watch this Jesus and Peter finally have a conversation the other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net into the shore for they were the they were only about a hundred yards from shore when they got there they found breakfast waiting for them fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread Bring some of the fish you caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were about 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Here's the conversation. Jesus is now talking to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus asked him again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Then he goes on to tell him this. He said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus told him this to know, for him to know what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Notice how Jesus addresses Peter here. He calls him si- He doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon, son of John. Simon was his real name before he became a disciple of Jesus. Jesus doesn't call him Peter here. He calls him Simon. This is important because once Peter became a follower, Jesus renamed him Peter and says, because it means rock and says on this rock, I will build my church. But the relationship had been compromised because of Peter's sin, Peter's denial. Jesus calls him Simon to signify the relationship had not yet been restored. Peter was once a follower of Jesus, but through his own actions, he severed his relationship with God. It was Peter's choice. This is why Jesus asks him, do you love me? Our relationship with God is our decision. It's your choice to love Him or to reject Him. Jesus hung on that cross because it was the only way for you and I to be reconciled to God. And when He hung on that cross, His blood sacrifice would be the covering for our shame once and for all. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And as I, as I read this, if we could have our three members of our worship team come onto the stage at this time and get ready Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured, now watch, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Jesus covered our shame. He covered my shame. He covered your shame by dying on the cross. That means there is nothing you could ever do to make God quit loving you there's nothing you could ever do to make God quit pursuing you some of you have been running and hiding from God for years because of shame and he wants you to know today during all those years he has never once quit pursuing you Peter responds to Jesus and says yes I love you three times Jesus said then follow me if you love me Peter Follow me. And from that day on, Peter followed him with passion. He became sold out to the one that died for him. The amazing thing about this story is not only does Jesus forgive him, but he also restores him back to his position of leadership. When he renamed him Peter and said he's the rock, Peter fell. He lost that standing. But Jesus, because of his death on the cross, reinstated that calling within his life. When he returned to him. We go on to read that on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the main speaker. He was the man who God used to build his church. He was the main speaker to the crowd of Jerusalem. More than 3,000 people come to Christ that day. Later we see Peter heal a lame beggar in Acts chapter 3. And then we see him preach boldly before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 4. He never again denies the faith. He was arrested, he was beaten, he was threatened for the cause of Christ but he held firm to his belief in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This man of sin and betrayal goes on to change the world. He never again denies the faith. In addition. The Bible doesn't tell us how he died. However, the most commonly accepted belief from other writings that have been found is that Peter, when he died, was crucified upside down in Rome. It's said that when Peter was put to death, he requested to be crucified on an upside down cross. And the reason for this request is because he didn't consider himself worthy enough to die in the same manner of his Savior. When the hands of Jesus were nailed to that cross... Shame was nailed to the cross with it. And you can choose to allow his blood that he spilt to cover your shame, or you can carry it yourself and one day allow your own blood to cover it. You see, today you have a choice. Will you continue towards the tree that held the noose, or will you turn and head towards the tree that held the Savior? Will you quit running from God? trying to hide or will you run towards him like Peter did and allow him to cover your shame and make you whole it's your choice you can't choose both trees you can only choose one so which tree will you choose today the tree that held the noose or the tree that held the Savior
1: Distance that cannot be covered over and over. You are not defenseless. I'll be your shelter, I'll be your armor. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your soul. Your
2: S.O.S. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the dark. Stop marching to reach you In the middle of the hardest fighting
1: And I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. And I will never stop marching to reach you in the middle of the hardest fight. It's true. I will rescue you Oh, I will rescue you Thank you, Jesus.
0: Could I have you bow your heads and close your eyes before we leave this place today? So my question to you is, will you choose the tree with the noose or the tree that held the Savior. Just like this song says, God will rescue you. For some of you this morning, Jesus is over standing on the shore, and it's your choice to go towards Him or to continue to run from Him. There's nothing you could ever do to make Him quit loving you. If you believe that, then you have believed a lie. For the Bible tells us that While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners. It didn't say that we had to clean up our act first. He died for us while we were in our sin. And some of you need to experience that here today. I believe we have some people in this place this morning that you need God in your life and you need Him in your life bad. You've come into this place this morning and you're you've been searching for something because you feel like there's something in your life that you're missing and you've tried to fill it with the different things of the world you've tried to fill it with, with money you've tried to fill it with relationships some of you have jumped from relationship to relationship thinking that that's going to fill you and you realize there's this initial feeling of, of where you feel like you have found it but then it always goes away after time it's because there's nothing in this world that could ever fulfill you I believe that when God created us, He created us with an emptiness inside of us that would always long for Him that only He could fulfill. And that's why Jesus said, I will give you water and you will never thirst again. He's the only one that can fulfill us. And some of you need that today. You, you, some of you in here, you feel like I'm talking to you right now and I don't even know you. That's because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if you feel like I'm talking to you right now and you need God in your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Him. To get your life right with God. To allow Him to cover your shame before you leave this place today. Easter Sunday 2022 could be the day your life changes forever. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, here's what I'm going to do. If that's you, I want to pray for you before we leave. And just so I see, just so I can see who I'm praying for, here's what I'm needing you to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to 3. No one's looking around. This is between you and God right now. I'm going to count to 3. If you say, "Pastor, that's me. I need God in my life. I'm ready to surrender my life to him. I'm ready for him. I want him to cover my shame." If that's you, when I get to number three, I want you to stand up all over this place. No one's looking around. This between you and God. I just want you to stand, keep your head down, keep your eyes closed. Because I want to see who I'm praying for today. All over this place, I want you to stand on the count of three. We're going to give our hearts to Jesus Christ this morning before we leave this place. One, two, three. Right now, just stand, 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 stand. Several of you going up. They're going up all over the place. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, those of you that are standing, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to say a prayer. The Word of God tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that He rose from the dead, we will be saved. It's as simple as that because Jesus has paid our price for us. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're going to do that through a prayer. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to say this slowly and I want you to repeat this out loud if you're standing after me. Very boldly. Those of you that are sitting, I encourage you to say this with them to encourage them today. But as you speak these words, I want you to imagine that Jesus came in and He's standing right beside you. Today's the day that you allow Him to cover your shame, cover your guilt, and be set free from it. So let's say this together loud and strong. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You today and I confess that I'm a sinner. I have sinned against Heaven. I have sinned against You. And today, Jesus, I ask You to forgive me, to cleanse me, to set me free from my shame, from my sin. Today, Jesus, I surrender my life to You. And I claim and I confess that Jesus, You are my Lord, my God, and my Savior. And I thank You, Jesus, for paying the price for my sin by Your death on the cross. Today I receive You as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we celebrate what God has done? I am so proud of you.